Hi everyone, welcome to Stagger, the Small Biz Podcast, where we talk about the joys and the obstacles that come with running a small business. But before we dive into that, let's take a second to thank our sponsor of the show, The Numbers Game Blog. That's thenumbersg.com. Head on over and check them out. All sorts of amazing letters submitted by athletes that tell their story, the problems that they face, the obstacles that they had to overcome. It's an inside look that most people don't ever get to see. So head on over to the Numbers Game blog. That's the numbersg.com. All right, let's dive in. Let's let's talk about IHOP. I just had to talk about IHOP today. Uh, IHOP is now IHOB. Yes, IHOB. Um, that does not have a very sexy ring to it, if you ask me. Uh, I'm personally upset that IHOP decided to turn their back on pancakes. Um, I find that offensive. After all pancakes has done for you, you turn your back and, and run off with burgers. I, either way, I, it's either a really detailed marketing scheme or like there's some dude that's getting paid you know 300,000 a year to to come up with stupid ideas. Uh I will be very very curious to see how this plays out because if if you are known as the International House of Pancakes you cannot just flip a switch and have people know you as the International House of Burgers. Uh, it's probably not going to happen. But like I said, you know, I, I'd be interested to see if it's a kind of a complex marketing scheme. If they're not really changing their name to IHOB, if they're using IHOB to gather some attention, uh, maybe market their burgers. I'm not sure that I'm going to IHOB for a burger, uh, but. I don't know. Let's let's uh, kind of see how it plays out. It's either really smart, or it's really stupid. Uh, I'm still offended that they turned their back on pancakes. But anyways, let's get into let's talk about marketing branding. You really need to decide early on which way you want to go. Now you could always change which way you want to go, but early on when you're starting something, you really need to have a clear understanding of which way you're gonna go with your your marketing, your advertising, your branding. Know which way you're gonna head. And it's easy to find that. Who's your client base? Ask yourself who your client base is. I want you to sit down and I want you to watch TV and I want you to watch all the commercials. And when you watch the commercials, I want you to ask yourself, you know, at that time, who are who is this company marketing to? If you look at Dodge Ram, let's say, uh, Dodge Ram's client base or their their marketing base a lot of times is farmers, uh, blue collar workers. I see plenty of wealthy people that don't own a farm that live in a subdivision drive a Dodge Ram. I used to have a Dodge Ram and I loved it and I don't own a farm, but that's who Dodge is marketing to that day. And a lot of, of pickup trucks, that's that's who they're marketing to. Uh, what's another good example? I don't know. I mean, take your pick. Uh, Old Navy. Who's Old Navy market to? 
do they market to kids? No, not really. They probably, I would say they market to uh, middle-income mothers of children and teens because they try and market their great stuff at a reasonable price that's fashionable, right? So if I'm a mom or dad, whatever, and I have a child and a middle-aged teen and I see an Old Navy commercial and they're selling flip-flops for a dollar or shorts for $2, I'm going to think, hey, that's stylish, and I'm going to go get a great deal. I'm not going to spend a, a ton of money. Um, so just know who your client base is. Let's take Old Row, for example. That's a great one. Their client base is college-age, conservative kids. Or I should say kids, young adults. And they market very well towards that. Old Row has made a name for itself by being a, a lifestyle brand. They they market very outlandish, um, very off-the-wall kind of stuff. Uh, they co-market with Yeti. They, they do a lot with uh, different colleges. They have different Instagram accounts set up for different colleges. They've done a really good job at, at marketing, and, and they've marketed themselves as a quote-unquote lifestyle brand, which means they're going to sell you a t-shirt for $35. And the reason that they sell that t-shirt for $35 is because they can. Uh, it's, it's almost a status symbol. If I see somebody wearing an old row shirt, I can automatically assume, because it's a psychological trigger for me, uh, that they are a conservative, mainly Caucasian, uh, male or female. And they are in college because that's who they market to. And that's what a lifestyle brand is. Uh, oh, God, let's, let's talk about lifestyle brands. I have seen a huge influx in companies calling themselves lifestyle brands. Oh, lifestyle brands are hard to create because you really have to create a following. You really have to have really very good marketing skills and be laser focused on who you're marketing to. Uh, you have to really know who your audience is. Like I said, I, I've seen a lot of lifestyle brands on the market recently. Uh, it, so much so that it, it even caused me with my company uh, to start using the hashtag not another lifestyle brand. Because I just I don't want to get caught up in that. Oh, everybody's calling themselves a lifestyle brand. You know, usually if you call yourself a lifestyle brand, you're probably not a lifestyle brand. Um, I've just seen so many companies try and hop on that bandwagon and get rich, and it's probably not going to happen. You got to be very, you got to be very honed in on a lot of things to be a, a lifestyle brand, and you also have to have a little bit of luck. It's going to take, uh, you know, maybe celebrity endorsements. It's going to take a lot of social media uh, attention. Uh, I definitely, with, with our company, I chose not to go the lifestyle brand route. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't saying that I personally chose not to. 
Uh, if you're out there and you decide that you want to make your own lifestyle, lifestyle brand like Old Row or Lululemon or Sperry or I name name a million of, of the other lifestyle brands that are out there, uh, go ahead. Uh, good for you. I wish you the best of luck. I hope you make it. But just know that it's it's really starting to get the market's starting to get flooded with with that kind of stuff, um, and people are eventually going to start getting bored with that. When there's when there's a lifestyle brand everywhere, everywhere you look, there's a lifestyle brand. Somebody's going to move on to the next type of whatever we call it. Um, just have a clear definition of who your audience is. Not that you only cater to your audience, but just know who you're marketing to. Pick a strategy. Um, are, are you going to use emotions? Are you going to use comedy? Uh, are you going to use the sex sells method? Because it does. Sex sells. Um, I choose not to go that route with our marketing just because of my morals and my beliefs. But... Don't let people shame you because that's the, the marketing method you're trying to do. Um, somebody that really supports our brand uh, posted a picture. She's a female. Uh, she posted a picture and she was wearing a bikini top. And I will tell you that when she posted that picture, because she's a very well-known, um, I'd say, celebrity, our web traffic shot through the roof, and I thought our website was going to crash. Now, she did not purposely uh, post this picture in a sexual way, but just the subject matter at hand caused people to say, hey, maybe I should go check that company out. So, I am not going to sit here and shame you if that's the method that you're going to use because we all know it works. Uh, just pick a strategy. You know, when you first start out, make sure that you are running that strategy to the T. If you're going to use comedy, use comedy. Comedy is very hard to do. It doesn't hit. It doesn't hit the mark all the time. But use it. It and it doesn't have to be on your website. You don't have to plug all this stuff on your website. Uh, take bird bird dogs for example. Bird dogs uh, is a they make shorts. Uh, go check them out. It's kind of cool. Uh, but their marketing strategy, I am so jealous that I did not think of how to market like them. Uh, most of their marketing is just a picture of their shorts in the background. And it has quotes across the, the screen. Um, and they're all hilarious. But I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what what the quotes say. I mean they they were just absolutely hilarious. I mean it was a it was a marketing ad, but I was I was scrolling through all these because they were so funny. Uh, it it was great. So like I said, I I really wish that I would have thought of it. They do they do a great job, um, but they use comedy very well in their marketing and all they sell is shorts. Um, I don't know how you tie those two together, but they did and by golly, good for them. 
So anyways, uh, just, just make sure that your marketing is on point. Make sure you know which way you're headed. Uh, use the right media outlets for what you do. Use as many media outlets uh, as you can. Uh, how's your website look? In the first episode, we talked about websites for a second. And I, I stressed how important it is to have a website. Give your website some attention because people look, they will look at your site before visiting uh, your location. People will look at your site before they call you. Maybe you're a uh, consultant uh, of sorts. Uh, maybe you consult people on how to buy shoes, whatever. Uh, people are going to look at your site and if it's not... Uh, to their liking, they're going to click off of that site and go elsewhere. People judge you. They judge your site. If you're selling online, it could be the difference between a sale and a bounce, a missed customer. Uh, I tell people, visualize your site before you even put it up. What do you want that site to look like before you even build it? Now, my, my father recently told me about a company that he's starting it's a great idea, and honestly, I'll probably have my own dad on the show here here shortly because it, it, he's got a great idea for a company, and it's awesome. Uh, but anyways, he, he explained to me what they were going to do, and immediately, immediately before I thought about their customers, before I thought about uh, how they're going to increase revenue over the next 10 years, the first thing I thought about was what their website is going to look like. Now, I'm not designing his website, but I could visualize in my mind immediately what I personally thought that website should look like. Make sure that, that your website is getting the attention that it needs. If you're building your site yourself, uh, we, we all can't afford to have somebody build the site for us. If you're building the site yourself, have somebody else take a look at it. Once you think you have a rough draft going, have somebody, especially if you know that somebody is detail-oriented, have them take a look at it because there's, there's going to be stuff out of place. There's going to be stuff you missed. Uh, if you own an online uh, retail store, maybe, maybe sell stuff online. Uh, what about your hidden pages? What about those pages that... I mentioned this because I did it. At the very bottom of the page, the whatever Q&A, uh, if you click on that, where does that go? Because that's a, it's going to be a quote-unquote hidden page. It's uh, not a landing page per se. Uh, make sure that you know what all those pages are and make sure they have everything correct. Because I'm telling you, if I get on your website and I go to the About section... Uh, and that page is not filled out or that page is still left blank, I'm going to think uh, this company is probably very small or they're not legit or they don't know what they're doing. Um, it, it took me a while. It, it took me, uh, realistically, it took um, me just having our multimedia uh, expert go in and look at it. Uh, if you want somebody to go in and look at your site, uh, shoot me an email. Uh, I might even forward it on to our multimedia uh, director, who is Chris Johnson. He does an awesome job, makes great ads for us. We really like Chris. If you want to look at his work, go to imchrisjohnson.com. Give him a short plug there because he's such a great guy. Um, 
but yeah, make sure that it's make sure that you're you're really diving in to what it looks like. Make sure you're really detail oriented with it. Uh, make sure that when you get on that that landing page, it clearly articulates what you do. That's it's gonna you get one chance. You get one chance when a customer lands on your site. Boom. They're either drawn in or they're like, this guy's a moron. I am not calling him or uh, this product's probably crap. I'm going to go to Amazon. You know, just, just make sure that you're diving into it. Uh, so let, let's keep it short today. Let's get to an email that somebody sent me. I, I really wanted, it was a good email and I want to talk about it. So I'm going to read, it's a really short email, but there's a little bit of meat here. It says, Dear Sean, I'm 25, currently work full-time job. I recently toyed with starting a side gig to add some supplemental income. My question is twofold. A, what is the best advice for getting started? And B, how do I ensure my career doesn't suffer? And that's a great question. Uh, okay. A, good for you. You're taking the first step. You've, t you've taken the first step right there by saying, hey, I want to do something uh, other than what I do. Most side gigs are really um, something that you just want to do. So that's my step two. So honestly, if you're going to start something on the side, make sure it's something you really want to do. And make sure you do your research. Now, when I say do your research, I don't mean get online and see if there's a good business, see if it's a good business to be in. Because you're going to get discouraged and give up. If, if I say, hey, is this a good business to be in? And I ask Google and I'm gonna get 30 articles immediately telling me why I shouldn't and you're gonna get discouraged, you're gonna give up and you're not gonna do it. Um, my company is in one of the most competitive markets on the planet. Not the US, not North America, not this side of the hemisphere. One of the most competitive on the planet and if I would have just researched should I do this I would have hit page 35 on Google before I had an article that said I should do it um, make sure you do your research look at le legal aspects uh, research how to gain customer base research 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 don't research if you should do it. Research how to do it. Reach out to other businesses. Uh, say you're a you want to start a um, a cookie company and you want to sell at the farmers market. Uh, reach out to somebody that's not going to be a competitor. Maybe reach out to somebody smaller uh, that's five states over and say, hey, you know, look, I'm not your competitor, so I'm reaching out to you for advice, yada, yada, yada. And you'd be surprised, I mean, how many times people open up and they'll, be, they'll give you as, many, as much information as you need. Uh, just do your research. Um, you know, I, I've missed research. <laughs> uh, I remember I was waiting on, on our product to get in here because we, we manufacture overseas. And I was told, hey, Customs has got your product. It's held by the FDA. And so I'm jumping up and down. My product has nothing to do with the FDA. What's the FDA holding my product for? Uh, 
And as it turns out, there's one little blip in, in the legal system that just says that this happens to fall under the FDA. So I was wrong. Uh, but we, you know, we were compliant. Everything's okay. But it was a lesson learned. Um, I now I just know to make sure that they have all the certificates that we need before we get our product in here. Uh, second, it, if you have the correct work ethic, work ethic, your career is not going to suffer. I honestly found that starting my own company actually made me a better employee. Because I looked at things from a different perspective now. Because the owner and I now share that same type of mindset and it's easy for me to try and put myself in his shoes when I'm making decisions. So I wouldn't worry about that. Just make sure that you're, you're separating your time appropriately. Don't get caught at work working on your side gig. Go to work, come home, then work on your side gig. Be honest about it. Don't don't take the company time to make yourself rich. That goes back to your moral compass pointing north. Uh, and you'll be surprised people at your work, as long as it's not competing with your work, uh, may support you. We're all good at something. Uh, I started my company not because not because I said, oh, hey, I just need to start a company. I started my company because I had an obsession with something and there was a need that I kind of saw and that's why we're in business today. So anyways, so let's, let's do a quick rundown. We talked about uh, how IHOP is terrible uh, or stupid or really smart and we talked about how Old Row markets to you um, very well. Uh, we talked about a lot of things today. I really just want to keep it short. I'm glad everybody was here. Uh, thanks for watching or watching. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks to our sponsors over at the Numbers Game blog. Uh, and thanks, everybody. We will see you soon. podcast you just heard was recorded with anchor if you want to make your own download the android or ios app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast that's anchor.fm slash podcast